0: greetings i'm laura Pucha torta welcome to a new episode of my podcast b is for bisexual season two episode two our story today is called grandma and b traveled to new mexico because dear listener you and i both love these characters Reading with me today are my son, Dante. Hello. And my husband, Marco. Buongiorno. We all live and work in South Carolina. Recently, Marco and I took a trip to New Mexico with my sister, Emily, and my brother-in-law, Dave. The state was beautiful, filled with art, and we enjoyed meeting the people and looking at the landscapes. We saw a solar eclipse together. I am an attorney and a content creator. My films include Bermuda, Disability, and the Disease Detective series available on Amazon and the Tubi channel. A shout out to listeners in Germany, Mexico, Canada, South Carolina, Texas, and California. Dear listener, at the end of this episode, I will tell you about something exciting and new that might interest you. And now, Grandma and B traveled to New Mexico. I want to intern with Senator Boozer, said Beatrice, so I can help bring more industry to the state. She was sitting on Grandma's couch, eating popcorn and studying her cell phone while Grandma watched her new favorite film, Can You Ever Forgive Me, for the Fifth Time. Crikey, said Grandma Lorenza, who was practicing dance moves as she watched. She raised her elbows to the side and swung her arms around like socks on a clothesline. Do you really think we need more industry here? I don't know, said Beatrice. Could bring jobs. She went back to staring at her cell phone. Jobs, said Grandma. What kind of jobs? Factory jobs? Retail jobs? We need to take a trip to Albuquerque. When Constance was alive, New Mexico was one of their favorite places to visit. Ever since filming her documentary on the P.D. Indian tribe of Dillon County, Grandma had worried about the future of America. What about clean water, clean air, fresh vegetables, and the health of the honeybees? Jobs were important, but if they drained the life out of nature, then maybe they were the devil's work and the biggest devils around were the politicians. Put that cell phone away, said Grandma, snatching it out of Beatrice's hands, and I'll switch off this movie. We need to look at a map and book us some travel. Plane flights were also the devil's work, but Beatrice had to finish high school, and her fall break was only a few days long. If Beatrice was destined to save the world, or at least help it to survive. She needed to see New Mexico. Two days later, they were in New Mexico on a train from Santa Fe to Albuquerque. The air in the desert was drier and thinner than in South Carolina, but the sights were breathtaking. Grandma had wanted to revisit some paintings by Georgia O'Keeffe, but the museum in Santa Fe was booked up for weeks. Better to return to Albuquerque, where the citizens were more down-to-earth and the women used hair dye. Beatrice was staring at her phone again. Look out the window, said Grandma. The landscape that they could see from the top floor of the train was stunning. Mountains and desert. Yellow rubber rabbit brush flowered along the tracks. Ditches filled with blue water, divided the fields. Small stucco houses pebbled the dusty brown earth. The train stopped soon after leaving downtown Santa Fe, and about 50 high school students bustled on board, laden with backpacks. They were like sunlight bursting into the train. Brown skin, Asian eyes. Zuni or Isleta, maybe, thought Grandma B. Skins was a slang word, and she didn't dare to say it out loud. The kids sat next to them and across from them, slinging their backpacks aside and pulling out their cell phones. Those damned phones. Grandma wanted to forcefully turn these kids' faces toward the window and peel open their eyes. The mountains were shining brown and pink, like one of Georgia O'Keeffe's paintings, the old-fashioned electric poles Some with dangerous dangling live wires, often had green and clear glass insulators on them, the kind Grandma's father used to collect. The Indian boy sitting across from them had stick brown hair that almost fringed over his eyes. His skin was the color of strong iced tea. Grandma reached over and smoothed Beatrice's silky blonde hair, a sandier color than the yellow rubber rabbit brush flower. She then ran her fingers through her own exciting electric frizzy hair. Grandma and granddaughter, their hair was so different from one another and yet they were kin. B had Grandma Lorenza's spirit. Grandma needed B to listen to her. Remember me, B, tomorrow when we see George's paintings at the Albuquerque Museum, that Steiglitz guy had very little to do with her success. Aside from setting up a gallery show for her and fucking her over, he died in 1946. She died 40 years later, worth $35 million just for being an artist. Both the teenagers stared at Grandma. My grandma is an artist, said the Indian boy. She carves designs on black pots for the tribal festivals. Oh, nice, said Grandma. Will she be at the cultural center this weekend? Yes. Yes. She's got the whole table out for the balloon festival. Do you go to a tribal school in Santa Fe? Yes, said the boy. Then he went back to his cell phone. But Grandma saw that B was looking at him, pretending not to, studying him. What's your name, said Grandma? Lunan. Oh, a nice name. The railway porter, a tough white woman wearing a uniform, came around to check the passengers' fares. Grandma pulled the receipt from her pocket and the porter nodded. Four dollars, sweetheart, the porter said, tapping Lonan on the shoulder. The students evidently paid less than the others, but Grandma was astonished that they had to pay any fare at all, traveling home from high school. Lonan plunged his hand deep inside his backpack but retrieved nothing, From the pocket of his pants, he pulled out one wrinkled dollar. Grandma considered paying the boy's fare herself, but thought it might be an insult. Beatrice instead opened her small purse and handed the porter a $5 bill. I can pay for him, she said. Thank you, honey, said the porter. She registered the ticket on her handheld machine and ripped off a receipt for Lonan. Then she handed Beatrice two dollars in change. Lonan nodded at Beatrice, and they both went back to their cell phones. Grandma patted Beatrice's arm. The children weren't fondling their phones so much anymore. Maybe they were only pretending to look at their screens now, but they were reading each other's minds. When the train stopped at the playblow with the big sign that said Indian Store, Lonan gathered up his things to get off the train. He hesitated for a moment. Come to my house. Meet my grandmother, he said. Oh, no, thank you, said Grandma quickly. Your grandma would go apeshit if we just walked in. Maybe we'll see her art at the tribal festival. I enjoyed meeting you, Lonan. Thanks for paying the fare, said Lonan. I forgot my wallet. He gave Beatrice a fist pump. Beatrice's face turned red. They watched the children pile off the train. Some wackadoodle older greasy guy was making whooping noises whenever the girls walked by. Hey Porter, yelled Grandma, you need to kick that abusive person off the train. The Albuquerque Museum of Art was more beautiful than Grandma had remembered. There was a small restaurant inside that was remarkably void of tourists and an exhibit on Georgia and the sculptor Henry Moore. The two artists had worked separately but in parallel, creating their art during the difficult 1900s. There were huge sculptures, huge paintings, and short films, one about each artist. Well, I like all these bright colors, said Beatrice. I like the films, said Grandma, and the airy modern museum building. The only thing better than this that I've seen was the exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum of Art on Alice Neal. Her favorite piece at the show in Albuquerque was a small egg-shaped sculpture by Henry Moore with lattice work inside. After seeing the museum, they headed back to downtown Albuquerque. They ate tacos and ramen at the 505 Food Court, three blocks away from their hotel. The music there was way too loud. For a frou-frou hotel like the Andalus, said Grandma, this sure is a rat-infested neighborhood. But the accents of the people around them were varied, and the people watching was very rich. The drift driver, who carried them back from Old Town, had been a wheelchair user who enjoyed talking with Grandma about rap. They reminisced about T-Pain's song, Low. Low? That was an old-school song, said the driver. No way, said Grandma. That was my jam at the gym. On Saturday, they struggled to reach the Native Community Center without many drift drivers available. A Nigerian guy finally picked them up, but he did not want to talk. Maybe he was hungover or just bored. The cultural center was busy and hopping. The sound of drums greeted them at the front door near the restaurant. They paid to go out back and see the dancers. The first thing they noticed about the dancers, three teenage girls and two boys, was their colorful fancy clothing too hot for the new mexican sun all five children danced they were sweating as the men played the drums and sang the smallest boy called out the step changes as he attempted to kill the deer played by the other boy deer and hunter chased each other back and forth as the girls danced back straight hands held out in front of them the girls wore boots and chubby white leg coverings. In the audience, a small blonde girl danced with abandon until her mother shushed her and pulled her aside. Grandma wanted to dance too. The rhythm appealed to everybody. Beatrice just smiled and watched the dancers. Everyone applauded wildly at the end. Wow, that was beautiful, said B. Between dances... A gaggle of teenage boys gathered to sneak look at the dancer girls. The boys whispered and made many comments. Which one do you like? Skins. The one on the right. They had picked the shorter, smaller girl. Grandma glared at the boys as they scampered away. Just little skinny kids with floppy hair and boatloads of attitude. Three different skin colors. After grooving to the dances, Grandma and B perused the tables of arts and jewelry on the side. There were fancy clay jars, necklaces, and colorful woven backpacks. B headed for the table of jars with black glaze, pictures etched onto them. Lonin, she said. There he was with an older woman who was sitting in a lawn chair stoically, as many tourists touched and commented on the designs. There were images of deer dancers and triangular borders. Lonan smiled. He and Beatrice fist bumped. Hi, I'm Lorenza, said Grandma Lorenza to the, the Lonan's grandmother. We met your grandson on the train. The older woman nodded. I heard about you. She said something to Lonan in an Indian language. Lonan pointed to one of the smaller pots. She says you can have one of these for free. Oh, thank you. It's lovely, said Grandma. I want to buy one of the bigger pots also and have them both shipped back to South Carolina. She pointed to a pot with a woman dancer wearing all the regalia, including headdress and chubby leggings. That's a nice one, said Lonan's grandmother. I made that after my daughter, who was a dancer, When she was in high school. She's a nurse now. Well, I hope you have other pots like it, with your daughter's pictures on them. Yes, I do. Beatrice and Lonan continued to smile and stare at each other. Please put a card inside the bigger pot, said Grandma, so we can have your email address. She pulled a filmmaker card outside of her small coach purse and gave it to the Grandma. Here's my information. The grandmother glanced at the photo of Grandma Lorenza smiling on a film set and dropped it into a shopping bag. Then she went back to staring at the crowd. This was it then. This was the most conversation they were going to get this time and this calm silence. Thank you for the beautiful artwork said Grandma. We enjoyed talking with Lonan on the train. She pulled Beatrice away from the table. The Native Museum was inform- informative about everyday things, such as weaving, cooking, and medicinal herbs. There were several exhibits about the tribal languages. Grandma put on the headphones and listened to the sounds of the words. After eating fry bread in the Native restaurant, Grandma and Bee got a drift ride back to the hotel. Neither the driver nor Grandma nor Bee was talking much that time at the hotel they took the elevators to the seventh floor showered and collapsed onto the beds and slept the next day would be an early slog to the airport the airport was terrible but grandma managed to survive the trek and the indignities without exploding do you have loaning's email address said beatrice once they were settled on the plane I have the grandmothers. Maybe I'll send him a message. Would be nice. I wonder how he lives. You saw him, said Grandma. You saw the mountains and the pueblos. What's his house like? I don't know. Simple or fancy, said Grandma. Or Spanish conquistador or a little bit crazy. The important part is, his tribe has been here for 1,500 years, or 15,000 maybe, and they have not ruined the landscape in all that time because they respect nature. Beatrice nodded, her eyes hooded over. She went to sleep. Grandma thought about the future. If Beatrice worked for Senator Boozer or if she did not, if she became a doctor or an artist or a writer or a plumber or a garbage collector or none of those things, she would still be a smarter person Because of their trip to New Mexico, the desert had done its work on her. And that's the end of our story today. Dear listener, I want to tell you something special. You know, chronic disease can be very interesting, especially when it teaches you about the body and the brain. We expect to have a new episode of the Disease Detective series about strokes and aphasia coming soon, out by the end of 2023. The edits are done, and we want to premiere that film in January 2024, maybe at Genesis Studios here in Casey. This series, the Disease Detective series, is on Tubi. That's www.tubi.tv.com. Tubi Tubi is spelled T-U-B-I. Ciao. Until next time. Bye. Ciao.